Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, as you can see by the title of today's episode, Jesus tells us who will be going to hell. Folks, Jesus said to repent or perish. Our Father in heaven calls for us to turn from our wicked and unrighteous ways and turn to him. We must repent for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus sacrificed his life on our behalf so that we will not be condemned, found guilty by God, and face his wrath. Final sentencing will be at the great white throne, people. The Lord Jesus Christ has been appointed judge by God for all authority, has been given unto him. He is Lord of all. And we will stand before him on judgment day for the deeds we have done in the body, be it good or bad. Amen. So, no, this most likely will not be one of those good feelies type of messages. Never have been on this podcast. Folks, listen. You can say this podcast is all about doom and gloom. Do you ever talk about the goodness of God? Don't you ever talk about how God loves us so much and that he wants to bless us and that we will inherit all the good things of heaven? which is absolutely correct. You are 
correct. Problem is, Jesus did not give Cynthia Smalls that kind of ministry. This is, if you don't know it by now, or if you are new to the podcast, this is a teaching ministry on repentance, on righteous, holy living, and to deal with the corruption and sin that is going on in the modern church. The only reason why I even touch that topic is because many of us in the body of Christ are being led astray. We have been indoctrinated. We have been brainwashed by traditions of men and doctrines of devils. So, if you only believe that once you are saved, you are always saved, you have been deceived. You have been taken for a ride. These wolves in sheep's clothing are only looking to depart you from your money. So, of course, they will tell you. Once you've been saved, you are always saved. Well, the problem with that is we ain't safe yet. What what makes you think that we got this in the bag when there are scriptures upon scriptures that tell us that we must remain faithful? Faithful that we must stand firm and endure until the end. Because that don't sound like we got this ticket on the holy train straight to heaven. Folks, we know we have been saved by grace through faith. We know that. We also know that there was nothing we could have done on our own to make this right with God. Only Christ Jesus. The fact of the matter is that you must work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There must be some works to back up your faith. The Bible tells us without without works, your faith is dead. So let's get to the issue at hand because Jesus tells us through his word who will be going to hell. So before we get started, let us pray. Father, in the precious name of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We absolutely love you. Thank you so much for our salvation. We are, we are so grateful. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you that you sent the Lord Jesus Christ from heaven to pay our sin debt in full. 
you show us over here in the book of Romans chapter 3 that Christ took our punishment. In verse 21, it says, But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, we all fall fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Well, can we boast then? that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Amen. So Father, we see that our salvation is solely because of you. Therefore, we are commanded to live holy. And if we choose not to obey, if we reject Christ Jesus and what he has done for the world at the cross, well, our only expectation is judgment, raging fire. Father, have mercy on us all as we go through the scriptures today to see those who will in fact go to hell. Not because you didn't help us, not because you didn't send us a savior, not because you have done everything that needed to be done for mankind to be reconciled back to you. It is only when we reject your son and don't believe in him and continue to live a life of wickedness and unrighteousness. We see in John 3 
that when we do not accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, we are condemned, convicted already because we have chose, we, we have chosen, we have decided to reject the only one that could have saved us. So, Father, it is my prayer that all men everywhere come to repentance. And those of us in the body of Christ, may we put away all sin. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. And Father, thank you for wisdom. Amen. All right, folks. So listen, here we go. Hold on. Let me drink some of this hot coffee because sometimes we just need yet another. Oh, I apologize. That was so loud. We need yet another reminder of those sins that will send us to a burning hell. So I am, I will be reading from my paper notes and let me apologize in advance of the ruffling of said pages. So we see over here in 2 Corinthians 5, 10 through 11. For we believers will be called to account and must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be repaid, repaid for what has been done in the body, whether good or bad. That is, each will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, motives, the use or misuse of his time, opportunities, and abilities. Therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord and understand the importance of obedience and worship, we persuade people to be reconciled to him. But we are plainly known to God. He knows everything about us. And I, and I hope that we are plainly known also in your consciousness, your God-given discernment. Amen. Listen, folks. 1 Corinthians 3.10-15 to 15 tells us, According to the remarkable grace of God, which was given to me to prepare me for my task, like a skillful master builder, I laid a foundation, and now another is building on it, but each one must be careful how he builds on it. For no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. But if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will be clearly shown 
for what it is. For the day of judgment will disclose it. Because it is to be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality and character and worth of each person's work. If any person's work which he has built on this foundation, that is any outcome of his effort remains and survives this test, he will receive a reward. But if any person's work is burnt up by the test, he will suffer the loss of his reward. Yet he himself will be saved, but only as one who barely escaped through fire. Amen. And again, that's 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15. So, child of God, all of these works we are doing unto the Lord will be tried by fire to fully disclose everything about that work. So we can be out here on missions, doing mighty works, casting out demons, even bringing people to the Lord. But if the hidden motive is something else, if your real agenda is the rising of your name. You you want to be celebrated high and lifted up. Well, all of these works as we stand as believers, we will stand before Jesus on judgment day at his Bema seat. A lot of these works that we are doing and we say that we are doing it in Jesus' name unto the Lord, a lot of these works are going to be tried by fire, and it will be revealed to be hay, no, wood, hay, and straw, straw as opposed to gold, silver, and precious stones. Yes, you will be saved. That last line in that scripture says barely, as if by the skin of your teeth. The Christ-rejecting, unrepentant sinner will stand before Jesus also on Judgment Day, but it will be at the great white throne judgment. So, why should we repent? Because at the core of everything, why should we repent? Well, because we will all die one day, all of us, and then be judged. Which audience will you have before the Lord Jesus Christ? Will it be at his beamer seat to receive your rewards? as a good and faithful servant? Or will you stand before him in judgment at the great white throne judgment? Because there you will be 
there is your final sentencing. So there are going to be a lot of shell-shocked, quote-unquote, Christians trying to figure out how did they end up there. So, like I said, why should we repent? Because we're all going to die one day. Hebrews 9, 27 to 28 tells us, And just as it is appointed for all men once to die, and after that, the certain judgment, and to take it further, to keep to keep that verse all in context, is talking about Jesus. How even so, it is that Christ, having been offered to take upon himself and bear as a burden the sins of many once and once for all, will appear a second time not to carry any burden of sin nor to deal with sin but to bring to full salvation those who are eagerly constantly and patiently waiting for waiting for and expecting him Amen. So this tells us right here, we are not saved yet until Jesus comes. It says to, to bring to full salvation those who are eagerly, constantly, and patiently waiting for and expecting him. Amen. And so this is why we have the problem. We have a major problem, folks. People are taking God's grace as a license to sin, and there is no fear of the Lord. My friend, when you meet the real Jesus Christ, your life will be turned inside out. You will know you have met the real Jesus when you desire and long for holiness, and righteous living. You make it your absolute business to keep yourself on the straight and narrow road. Anything in your life that even looks like it will cause a problem with the Father, you cut it out immediately. You are not the one talking about, well, Jesus knows my heart. The devil keeps messing with me. Life is such a hard struggle. That's why I drink. That's why I still smoke my weed. That's why, you know, every weekend I, I got to get away. I must think about myself and go and party. And so, yeah, your life is not going in the right direction. So I'm here to tell you that Jesus tells us and he holds no punches about those who will be going to hell. So folks, listen, what is this judgment all about? Okay, because how we know that we must continue to talk about this because me personally, I keep running into the brethren who say they are followers and yet they keep 
telling me how they are both a sinner and a saint. In essence, saying that it is impossible to stop sinning. And then when you break it down to them, the reason why Jesus went to the cross and and what happened at the cross, you have to understand he defeated sin for you because he was perfect. He was sinless. So Jesus didn't die for himself. He died for all of us. And so if you who say you are a follower and yet you are living a lifestyle of sin. Not that you have missed the mark, but that you you are actually living in willful, blatant, knowing sin. And then you want to tell Jesus that he should understand because of the problems in your life. Well, then, if that's the case, then we all can go back to our vomit. Because no, life ain't easy. Especially when you are carrying this good gospel and you coming out here telling folks that you got to live clean and holy if you truly want to make it into the kingdom of God. No, you ain't safe yet. I'm not safe yet. Even Paul said that he himself must keep his body under subjection. At least he become a castaway. Paul was giving us some insight that he can get it too. So, what judgment are we talking about and who will be the judge? Well, we know that is Jesus because Acts 17, 30 to 31 tells us that how in times past, God overlooked man's ignorance, but now he commands all men everywhere to repent. Why? Because he has set a day, a day in which he will judge the inhabited world in righteousness by a man who he has destined for this task. And the credible proof that it is Jesus that will be the judge on judgment day is that he raised him from the dead. And so if we look at John 5, 22 to 29, it says that for the father judges no one, but has given all judgment. That is the prerogative of judging to the son, placing it entirely into his hands so that all will give honor, reverence, homage to the son, just as they give honor to the father. Amen. In fact, hold on, let me go ahead and turn this page. In fact, the one who does not honor the son does not honor the father who has sent him i assure you and most solemnly say to you the person who hears my word the one who 
heeds my message and believes and trusts in him who sent me has possesses now eternal life. That is, eternal life actually begins. The believer is transformed and does not come into judgment and condemnation, but has passed over from death into life. Amen. Folks, in order to be a true believer, your life must reflect what you believe. If what you believe about Christ is true, then you will most certainly turn from sin. If you believe that Jesus took your place on the cross, standing in between you and your sins and holy God, because let us not forget that God's justice demands payment for sin. Romans 6.23, folks, the wages of sin is death. Eternal separation from God, from Jesus over here in that lake of fire. But the free gift of God, listen, God's grace is so amazing. It is found in his son, eternal life. So if you continue to live in willful disobedience, you don't have the love of the father in you and his spirit does not reside in you. I know you want that to be true. But if you want that to be true, then you will set your mind on things above. You will have a complete understanding that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Folks, listen, we are in the last hour. These are the last days. And we know that these are the last days because of these wolves in sheep's clothing. That is why we must study the four Gospels. Jesus left for us a wealth of information about these last days. He has left us a ton of scriptures about who will enter the Father's kingdom and who will not. And that is what I want to highlight today because we got to understand Revelation 20, 11 to 15. This was an open vision given to John. John was one of the 12 disciples, one of the original disciples of Jesus. And he was, he was exiled to this rocky place called the Owl of Patmos it was like prison in fact it was prison and he was sent there because of the testimony of Jesus and the preaching of the gospel so yeah he had to go and so while there an angel gave him a revelation of Jesus a revealing 
God the Father gave this revelation to Jesus. Jesus gave it to an angel, and then the angel gave it to John. So in the book of Revelation, which all of us should read, listen, don't avoid the book of Revelation. Yeah, it is some scary stuff in there, in there, and rightly so, because Jesus will deal with his enemies. Oh, make no mistake. The evil, wicked people in this world believe they are getting away with their satanic agenda. Nope. Nope. I have it on good authority from heaven that Jesus has said he will deal with his enemies. Oh, make no mistake. Listen, so John was on the Isle of Patmos when he got this open vision, okay, about the great white throne judgment. In verse 11, he says, Then I saw a great white throne and the one who was seated upon it from whose face, no, from whose presence and from the sight of whose face earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. I also saw the dead, great and small. <clears throat> they stood before the throne and books were opened. Yep, folks, everything we are doing, everything we are thinking about is being written down in these books. I tell you, heaven must have an elaborate recording system and library for to have an accurate account of everything we have ever done. Listen to this. He says, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged, sentenced by what they had done. Their whole way of feeling and acting, their their aims and endeavors in accordance with what was recorded in the books. And then he goes on to say how the sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Folks, please, I beg you, please, Stop saying how Jesus knows your heart as an excuse for your willful sin. Stop acting and playing like the victim of your circumstances. You have a reason for every sin that you continue to wallow in. Folks, listen, don't let me get my bell. We need to wake ourselves up. Jesus Christ of Nazareth is on his way back. And he has told me to tell the people that his reward will be with him. Listen, Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, right? 
talking about that heart of yours that you keep wanting Jesus to know all about. Well, precious, he does because he tells us the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So all of this fruit that we are producing, good and bad, are being written down in these books that John was referring to over here in Revelation 20. Listen, I will continue to stand on the wall and shout from the rooftops that we must live clean, holy lives now that we are born again. Because before we did all of that wickedness and unrighteousness, but now, listen, we have been washed. Come on, through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus, his precious blood. And we were justified and we were sanctified. So, no, we don't get to stay in willful, blatant sin. Uh uh. No. So, like I was saying, this is the lane that I'm so grateful that the Lord has put me in because it keeps me too on the straight and narrow. Okay, I don't get to have a free pass. You know, I listen. Okay, I too must keep myself in check. And what makes it easier, because it does get easier. Okay, when you truly love God, Jesus gave us two commandments, right? We are to love God with all of our hearts, soul, mind, and strength. And we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So when you are loving God with everything within you, every part of who you are, you are living for God. He's the one that restored this broken relationship that we broke. All the way back there, starting at the Garden of Eden, um, Eden, all the way to present day. Okay, so therefore, we are not going to deliberately continue to sin against him. One, he hates sin. Two, you got to hate sin as well. And number three, where's my bell? He ain't playing with that lake of fire you playing you playing to think that you can stay in your willful sin and still get to go to heaven because jesus knows your heart meanwhile back at the ranch we understand how he ain't playing so we are striving like jesus told us to enter into the narrow door So no, you don't get to have a pass. So we must pull on each other, shake one another and tell us, listen, 
the day of judgment is fastly approaching. So again, on this podcast, whether I have one, two, five, ten thousand listeners, the message is not going to change. Listen, I can't change this message of repentance and belief in Jesus, even if I wanted to. I cannot, nor do I want to, because listen, this is some serious business and we must take it seriously. So talking about unbelief and its consequences, because yeah, I'm going to get to those scriptures of those who will be going straight to hell. Listen, Romans chapter one, if we look at verse 18, right? For God, listen, that's my son in the background. I don't know if y'all hear it, but hear him, but it's Friday and next week is the last week of school. So he is starting his little party early. So listen, but I had to jump on the podcast tonight because I was listening to a teaching and it just snapped me out of what I was doing with this truth, which I completely agree with. Jesus does tell us who will be going to hell. And immediately I got prompted in the spirit to get up on the podcast to remind us all that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. I told y'all this message ain't going to change on this podcast. No, will not. But listen, Romans 1, 18, right? For God does not overlook sin. Folks, I'm reading from the Amplified And we can put a period right there. I can snap off the mic and we can all go to bed because that's the crux of it all. And this is what I be telling the brethren one after the other. Listen, God and his son and the Holy Spirit will never, ever, ever authorized sin not my sin not your sin show me in the scriptures where God overlooks sin today because Acts 17 30 to 31 says but now he commands uh, command all men everywhere to repent yeah in times past he winked but not now Uh Uh-uh, not since his son went to that cross. Oh, absolutely not. And he is not, listen, he is not going to tolerate anyone trampling over the precious blood of Jesus. And he is not going to tolerate any one of us uh, grieving his Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm back. I just had to do a quick pause because my son was getting a little rambunctious and he didn't know I was up on the podcast. So I had to go tell him quietly to keep it down. So listen, right? 
We were talking about Romans 1, 18, right? For God does not overlook, overlook sin. And the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who in their wickedness suppress and stifle the truth. Because that which is known about God is evident within them, in their inner consciousness. So let us not talk about the sinner man, sinner woman, who wants to keep suppressing the truth about how no, God doesn't exist, yada, yada, yada. The Bible's like, nope, uh-uh. He put, he put it in your consciousness of who he is. So no one will be with a feeble excuse on judgment day. So listen, for God made it evident to them forever since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine Nature have been clearly seen being understood through his workmanship, all his creation, the wonderful things that he has made so that they, listen, who fail to believe and trust in him are without excuse and without defense. For even though they knew God as creator, they did not honor him as God or even give thanks for his wondrous creation. On the contrary, they became worthless in their thinking, godless, godless with pointless reasonings. (sighs) Ain't that the truth? with pointless reasonings and silly speculations and their foolish heart was darkened claiming to be wise they became fools and exchanged the glory and majesty and excellence of the immortal god for an image worthless idols in the shape of mortal men and birds and four-footed animals and reptiles folks listen okay that's idolatry okay we serve one god and so we are about to get into as far as the book of romans those who will not inherit the kingdom of god and listen if you find yourself if you see yourself In any of these scriptures about those who ain't going to make it, then you need to repent. Turn around because you're going the wrong way and turn back to God. And that's the bottom line, beloved. Verse 24. Well, therefore, therefore, God gave them over in the lust of their own hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them abandoning them to the degrading power of sin yes folks sin is degrading and the more you stay in it you are degrading listen because by choice thank you holy spirit they exchanged 
the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the, the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Well, for this reason, okay, God gave them over to degrading and vile passions for their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. A function contrary to nature. Folks, listen. It is unnatural for you to lay with the same sex. The Bible says that's unnatural. And in the same way, also the men turned turned away from the natural function of the woman. And were consumed with their desire toward one another. Men with men committing shameful acts and in return receiving receiving in their own bodies the inevitable and appropriate penalty for their wrongdoing. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God or consider him worth knowing as their creator, well... God gave them over to a depraved mind to do things which are improper and repulsive until they were filled, permeated, saturated with every kind of unrighteousness. Folks, see, this is why the preaching of Holy living must be given. Look at look at this. And to think that we too were involved in this unnatural behavior. All of this wickedness being saturated with sin. Thank you Lord Jesus Christ for pulling us out of the Hit of vomit. Thank you so much. It is so disgusting to even think that we behaved like this. So listen. Until they were filled, permeated, saturated with every kind of unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, Full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. I got to turn this page. It's ridiculous. Mean-spiritedness. They are gossips, spreading rumors, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of new forms of evil disobedient and disrespectful to parents without understanding untrustworthy unloving unmerciful without pity all listen although they know god's righteous decree and his judgment that those who do such things deserve death yet they do them anyway look Yet, they not only do them, but they even enthusiastically approve and tolerate others who practice them. 
nope, nobody on that list is getting in. Nope. So we can kick and scream all we want. But folks, those who have come out of that lifestyle, we cannot be hypocrites. Although we may have come out of all of them, but it's still one that still, you are, you are still practicing in it. Okay. However, chapter two of Romans is telling. Listen to this. Therefore, you have no excuse or justification. Every, every one of you who hypocritically judges and condemns others for in passing judgment on another person, you condemn yourself. Why? Because you who judge from a position of arrogance or self-righteousness are habitually uh, practicing the very same things which you denounce. Amen. So folks, at the same time, we can't be hypocrites. We must get the plank out of our own eyes before we go for the speck in anyone else's. That is why when you are preaching the gospel, some tend to water it down and scale it back. Why? Because of sins they are in. Or you have those who are in sin, but believe that what they are doing is not really sin. At the same time, they are shoving all of their self-righteousness down your throat. So folks, it's, it's a mess all the way around. But at the end of the day, what did Jesus tell what did Jesus tell us in John 8:11 to do what? Go comma and sin no more. That's it. That's the command. Yeah, you you are commanded to live holy. Oh well, no not no one is perfect only Jesus. Wake yourselves up, okay? That we know. Your job is to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That does not sound to me to uh, stay in your willful sin because, you know, heaven understands you are not perfect. Y'all better stop playing. I'm telling you, listen, I'm a witness, you cannot be in two kingdoms at the same time. You will literally go crazy. You will have no peace. You won't hear from Jesus at all. At all. Okay? Because he reveals himself to the one who keeps his commandments. Yeah. Yeah. So now listen. What I want to give you. Listen to this. Back over here to Romans 2, right? It says in verse 3, But you, but, 
But do you think this, O man, when you judge and condemn those who practice such things and yet do the same yourself, that you will escape God's judgment and elude his verdict? Or do you have no regard for the wealth? Oh my goodness, listen. Or do you have no regard for the wealth of his kindness and tolerance and patience in withholding his wrath? Are you actually unaware or ignorant of the fact that God's kindness leads you to repentance? That is to change your inner self, your old way of thinking and seek his purpose for your life. Huh? But because of your callous stubbornness and unrepented heart, you are deliberately storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Listen, he will pay back to each person according to his deeds justly as his deeds deserve to those who by persistence in doing good seek unseen but certain heavenly glory honor and immortality he will give the gift of eternal life but for those but for those verse 8 of romans 2 but for those who are selfishly ambitious and 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 self-seeking and disobedient to the truth but responsive to wickedness though right mhm there will be wrath and indignation there will be tribulation and anguish torturing confinement folks are we not reading the Bible? Okay. Are we not reading the Bible? What did Paul just tell us? For the one who is not responsive to God's kindness. That he could have given us the business centuries ago. Okay. But what are we responsive to? Wickedness. Oh, that. We we do that though. Now listen. I'm gonna read this again. Verse six. He will pay back to each person according to his deeds, justly as his deeds deserve. To those who no, to those who by persistence in doing good seek unseen but certain heavenly glory honor and immortality he will give the gift of eternal life but for those who are selfishly ambitious and self-seeking and disobedient to the truth but responsive to wickedness mm-hmm there will be wrath and indignation. There will be tribulation and anguish, torturing confinement for every human soul 
who does or permits evil to the Jew first and also to the Greek, but glory and honor and inner peace will be given to everyone, listen, who habitually does good to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for God shows no partiality, no arbitrary favoritism. With him, one person is not more important than the other. Mm-hmm. That means everybody can get it. First the Jews and then the Greeks. Yep, we can all get it. Listen, in closing, so we can get on with these scriptures, right? There's a cost, a cost in following Jesus, okay? Because some of us over here in the kingdom playing, not fully understanding that you have to think twice before you even think about coming over here in this kingdom because all of this sloppy grace, you sliding back and forth between one kingdom and another. Okay, I, was, I, I apologize for the pause. I, I thought I was hearing something. Listen, we cannot be sliding back and forth between two kingdoms. Ain't possible. Listen, Jesus tells us <clears throat> through Paul, right? Over here in Romans 14, because your discipleship will be tested. Yep, you will be tested. Okay, listen. Now, hold on one second. One second, hold on. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's not Romans 14. That's Luke 14. I'm like, I know I'm not going crazy. So I got to edit that out. But listen, Luke 14, because Jesus was talking about the cost in following him. Because as I was about to read that, I'm like, wait a minute, this is not Paul. I knew it was Jesus. Anyway, that's just some behind the scenes editing that needs to be done. But listen, nonetheless, Luke 14. Starting at verse 25. Now, large crowds were going along with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, in the sense of indifference to or relative disregard for them in comparison with his attitude toward God, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come and follow after me, believing in me, conforming to my example and living and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me cannot be my disciple. Amen. So Jesus is telling us we can't love anyone in our family more than we love him. Not that we um, just put them away with hatred. No, it's just that we must love them less and love him more. Yeah. Are you prepared to do that? Because if you like me, 
people in your family really not going to want to have anything to do with you because this is all you talk about. All you all you preach is Christ and him crucified. All you do is tell people that they must repent. Otherwise, they will go to a burning hell. And so, yeah, children, parents, they will not be feeling you. Not when you come in with this true gospel right here. So are you willing to lose everybody, everything because of Jesus and be his disciple and follow him and not your life, not your family, your job, your emotions, your ambitions? That's why he says count the cost. So if you are not willing to pick up your cross, deny that flesh, and come follow him and walk in obedience like how he did. Can't be his disciple. Nope. Mm-mm. Listen. He says over here in verse 28 of Luke 14, right? For which one of you, when he wants to build a watchtower for his guards, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to finish it. Otherwise, when he had laid a foundation and is unable to finish the building, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not will not first sit down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one who is coming against him with 20,000? Or else, if he feels he is not powerful, powerful enough, while the other king is still a far distance away, he sends an envoy and asks for terms of peace. So then, none of you, listen, verse 33, so then, Jesus said, none of you can be my disciple who does not carefully consider the cost. And then for my sake, give up all his possessions. Therefore, salt is good. But if salt has become tasteless, with what will it be seasoned? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears, let him hear my words no let him hear and heed and heed my words amen folks i wanted to give you something in luke hold on let me find it yeah right okay all this about counting the cost and following jesus and that how you must stop what you're doing. Right, Holy Spirit. Just like when he was calling his initial 12 disciples to come follow him. They immediately stopped what they were doing and went and followed him. We know at least Peter was married. 
So he had a wife, probably some kids. They had businesses. Matthew was a tax collector. Uh, Peter and his brother, um, they were a fisherman. So these people had, quote unquote, a life going on, right? But then when the Messiah turns up on the world scene, they, once he called, they stopped what they were doing and went and followed him. Are you willing to stop what you are doing, give up even your life to go and follow Jesus? Yeah, count that cost. Be right, Holy Spirit, because those, my hand is raised, those who have not counted the cost will stay in sin, never realizing you are called to live holy. Jesus did die for your sins. Jesus did abolish sins, power, and control over you so that you are no longer a slave to sin, but alive to Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So listen, we'll be at Luke 14. Listen, Jesus was given this parable of a dinner right starting in verse 16 but jesus said to him a man was given a was giving a big dinner and he invited many guests and at the dinner hour he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited come because everything is ready now but they all alike began to make excuses the first one said to him I have purchased a piece of land and I have to go out and see it. Please consider, please consider me excused. Another one said, I have purchased five yoke of oxen and I am going to try them out. Please consider me excused. And another said, I have, I have recently married a wife and for that reason, I am unable to come. So the servant came back and reported this to his master. Then his master, the head of the um, household, became angry at the rejections of his invitation and said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the disabled and the blind and the lame and the servant after returning says sir what you commanded has been done and still there is room then the master told the servant go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled with guests verse 24 listen Jesus said, For I tell you, not one of those who were invited and declined will taste my dinner. Amen. So we can we can play these little church games and mind games if we want to when Christ calls you. And you come up with 10,000 excuses as to why 
as to why you can't put down the sin, why you can't fully commit, why, well, you know what, Jesus, you, you know my heart. You know I'm trying. Uh-huh. Ain't going to work. He says you will not be having dinner. Not with him. Okay. In super closing, let's, let me give you these scriptures of those that Jesus has made it clear in his word who will not make it to heaven. They, in fact, will go straight to a burning hell. So again, if we see ourselves in these scriptures, we must repent, turn around, come out of it, confess it, and walk henceforth in obedience. And stop all this playing around. Either Listen, either you are for Jesus or you are not. Okay. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Or know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. Revelation 21.8 But for the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and fornicators and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their part shall be in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Mark 7, 20 to 23. And then he added, it, it is what comes from inside that defiles you, for from within, out of a person's heart. Yeah. Remember how you want Jesus to know your heart, right? Okay. Well, he's telling us, just like he told us over here in Jeremiah 17, 9, 10, that the heart is deceitful and, and, and wicked above all things, right? Who can know it? Well, Mark 7, 20 to 23 is about to answer this Jeremiah question about who can know what's in that heart and why it is so wicked. Well, Jesus gives us the answer. He says, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, comes what? Evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit. Yeah. And y'all keep saying, well, Jesus knows my heart. You right. He does. Out of it comes lustful desires, envy, slander. Pride and foolishness, because let us not forget foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. Mm -hmm. So 
tell me again how you want Jesus to understand your heart when it is filled with all of this wickedness and lustful desires? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Listen, Romans 2. Verses 2 to 3, and we know that God in justice will punish anyone who does such things as these. Do you think that God will judge and condemn others for doing, for doing them and overlook you when, you when you do them too? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's for the ones who believe Oh, once saved, always saved. Meanwhile, everybody else is getting the the wrath of God business. But you believe just because you said some unbiblical, unscriptural sinner's prayer that you get to skate on through. Meanwhile, we all have missed it because you have been a stumbling block. Talking about, oh, it's so impossible to stop sinning. And you put that all over on social media. And we were like, oh, okay. Well, maybe that is true. Because, you know, the Bible says no man can pluck us out of Jesus' hand. Again, folks. Do you really think Jesus is talking to the one who refuses to obey him do you think that he was saying that no man can pluck you you the very one who continues to make excuses for your willful sin and how you ain't coming out of it but you still think that no man can pluck you out of Jesus hand well I hate to break it to you he was not talking to you he was talking to the one who continual, continually, constantly, habitually, consistently seek to do what is right. That's the one who cannot be plucked out of Jesus' hand. Mm -mm -mm. That's all I can say. I shake my head. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, listen, we all better straighten up and fly right because all of us can get it. Listen, 1 Timothy 1, 9 through 10. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious. For those who kill their fathers or mothers for murderers, for the sexual immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. Amen. Ephesians 5, 3 to 7. But among you... Mm -mm -mm. You know what, y'all? The word of God, it is so good. It is profitable for training in righteousness. Yeah, I could literally eat these words. That's how good they are for me. Okay? You must get to a place in your life. Where God's word 
is so yummy, so good, that all you want to do is feast on it. Listen to what Ephesians 5, 3 to 7 says to us. But among you, talking to the brethren, but among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity. So all of y'all potty mouths, y'all better put that away. Foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, colon, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of Christ, and of God. Listen, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Amen. Listen, unless we are in this word, we are not going to know what is expected of us. So, if you are living a lifestyle contrary to this sound doctrine, it is pretty safe to say you are not in this word eating it, meditating, and pondering it over. You're not. Folks, everything to the glory of God that I be talking about on this podcast I have experienced it firsthand. This is why I am so adamant because I've been on both sides. I've been a willful sinner woman. I have been a deceived quote unquote Christian because I was not a follower of Jesus at all. Believing that I was, but I was not following him. I was not obeying him. I was living my quote unquote best crazy, insane, depressive, hopelessness life. And then I got born again for real, for real. Where now I have sincerely repented. I hate sin. I get it. I truly understand why Christ died for me so that I will no longer be a slave to sin and face God's coming wrath. I understand the Holy Spirit is my superintendent. I'm supposed to follow him. I'm supposed to listen to him. I'm supposed to put away the sin. I'm supposed to love my brethren and not expect anything in return. So, 
That's the truth. And that is why I am adamant. It is because I love you. I love God's children. And if there is anything out of all of these 400 plus episodes, if you, if you get anything from it, I pray that it will prick your heart that you look at your life and see how you are truly living because you can fool all of us. Jesus does, in fact, knows that heart. So you keep saying he knows my heart as if that excuses your sin and buys you time. So you think you ain't going to make it. And if I go back out there into that world, get myself tangled up and enslaved all over again, I ain't going to make it either. So all 400 plus episodes, guess what? It's for me too. Okay. I don't get a pass because I got a podcast. I don't get a pass because I go out there and street preach. No. Like Paul, I too must keep my thoughts and this body under subjection because I love God and I don't want to have done all of this teaching only to find myself in hell. No, you know what? Yeah, I am terrified of my father in heaven. Oh, absolutely. And you must get to a place where you are terrified as well. Listen, God is not our buddy. He is not the man upstairs. He is not the big guy. No, he is holy God and he has standards and he has sent his son to die a bloody, brutal, violent, horrific, shameful death on our behalf. And for us to make light of that, he will deal with his enemies. Oh, absolutely. All right, folks. Listen, I'm going to let y'all go. Okay? Listen. Study Romans 6. All of Romans 6. Romans 6 will set you free because it tells us how sin is no longer our master. Straight to, straight to the point. Okay? Study 2 Timothy 3. Verses 2 to 5. I can't tell y'all enough how y'all must digest, swallow, chew, choke on it if you have to. Galatians 5, 17 to 21, where it talks about the work, works of the flesh. Amen. Come on. Listen. We are going to make it out of here by the grace of God. If we endure and stand firm until the end, Jesus has promised eternal life to that one. That one. Father, in the name of Jesus, all I have to say in this moment in time, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right, folks, listen, there we have it. Listen, I may yell and scream and act like a crazy person. It's for a reason. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. So, yeah, I, I get riled up. That's the anointing the Lord has put on me to preach his gospel without it being adulterated, without it being watered down. I am not called to be meek to the point where I know I'm, I'm too shy. I can't be yelling at folks. Uh-uh. Listen, <laughs> if you would have known me in my center days, oh, you know I got a big mouth. Okay, because if you think I be yelling and screaming under righteousness, oh, y'all should have heard me when I was in the world. Oh, I gave you the business. Oh, this mouth. Okay, nonetheless, I have been born again and my life has not been. How can I say this? I have not had more peace more joy living this sanctifying life. I, I, I can't tell you. It's sometimes it boggles my mind still that how this is actually happening. I'm I'm actually living a life that I wanted to live when when I thought I was saved. I kept saying, well how come I'm not really at peace? Well, well, how come I'm still having these demonic dreams? Well, well, how come I keep attracting the same people? How come I'm suicidal? Aren't I in Christ? Shouldn't I be happy and, and joyful and at peace? Uh-uh. I was, I was preached a false Christ under that damnable prosperity gospel. All right, folks, listen, I'm going to let y'all go. It is like 10 p.m. Central Texas time, and I'm tired. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.